Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, contributor to Rolling Stone and the New York Times, Alan Light, and tonight's guest, Jake Shimabukoro. All right, we made it. Thank you, all of you, for coming out on this, uh, what sure feels like a summer night here in New York City. Um, I'm thrilled to be able to be here and, and do this with Jake for everybody. And as, uh, as they said before, we're gonna do some questions up here for a little while, uh, then take some questions from you guys for a little while, and then Jake's gonna play for a little while. So we've got, we've got lots to do here. Um, so I guess I'll, uh, I'll start. Um, and I'm curious, there's a sentence that seems like it's kind of become, you know, the the slogan, the mission statement for you, um, it's you know printed on the last record. It says that uh, if everybody played the ukulele, the world would be a better place. <laughs> and I'm curious why that's different than just saying if everybody played music, the world would be a better mm. place, or if everybody created. I mean, what is it that you think is so special about this this machine here that uh, you know that, that that's the way that you phrase it? Well, first of all, let me just say aloha, and it's a, such an honor to be here, so we're super excited. Um, you know, I, I would joke around and say things like that, like, you know, if everyone played the ukulele, the world would be a better place, because I truly believe that the ukulele is kind of like the instrument of peace, you know, because you can't possibly be angry when you're strumming an ukulele. And there's just something about the sound of the instrument, I think, that just, it, it just, I don't know, it, maybe it's the absence of bass notes or it's the simplicity. You know, you only have four strings and two octaves, basically. But I think there's something about it that is not intimidating. And it's a very friendly instrument. And I think uh, when you're an ukulele player, you know, it's, you don't, I mean, there are no egos, <laughs> I guess, you know, because it's such a, it's such a, um, it's like the underdog of instruments, I think. And because it's so mobile and, and portable, I, I think it, it appeals to a lot of people. And I tell people all the time that you don't have to be a musician to play the ukulele. You know, it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's as simple as that. And, uh, and that's, that's why I think, you know, if, if more people played this instrument, I mean, it would just bring so much joy into their lives and the people around them. You talk about the instrument as, as an underdog, and I, I was gonna ask, I mean, you know, for much of the world, People look at it as kind of a novelty, you know, think mm -hmm. of it almost like a toy instrument and you know, not a real instrument. Is that frustrating to you? Is it, you know, do you feel like that's something that you have sort of have to push against? Or is it kind of a, an advantage, a secret weapon that you can, you know, you can sneak up on people with it because they're not, they're not <laughs> expecting it? Well, I mean, I, I definitely don't, you know, I don't get offended by that at all. You know, I embrace that idea because I believe that music should be for everyone. You know, everyone should feel like they can play a, an instrument. But sometimes playing the violin or the cello or the piano or even the guitar can seem very far-fetched, can seem very difficult. And you, you, it makes people think that, oh, I, gotta, I have to practice, you know, hours and hours every day. But for some reason with the ukulele, people don't think like that. They just think, oh, I wanna go out and buy an ukulele. You know, it's like $30 or $60. I'm gonna go to the music store and pick one up. And then they'll just pick it up and, you know, and just strum one chord. And they'll be like, wow, that's like the greatest thing ever. And it just makes them feel so good. And um, I tell people all the time, you know, it's, it's like an entire yoga session in one strum. You know, and it's, uh, it really is, I don't know. I mean, I feel so, so fortunate that you know I was born and raised in Hawaii, and I, I uh, you know, because all the kids in Hawaii learn to play the ukulele. We all pick up this instrument, you know, at some point in our lives, and um, and uh, and I just after I picked it up, I just couldn't put it back down. Certainly, in the last you know handful of years, it seems like there's been a lot of explosion of interest. Some you know that's something that you contributed to um, a lot of interest around the instrument and Eddie Vedder touring with, uh, you mm -hmm. know, with his ukulele songs and a bunch of different indie rock musicians playing it. I guess that there was, you know, stories that in England there was this whole kind of ukulele sensation sweeping yeah. the, the school kids there. Um, is, you know, is this something that you've been aware of? Do you feel there's been sort of this transformation of, of the way that people 
look at the instrument? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, you know, the, uh, the ukulele has just been growing in, in popularity. I mean, so quickly, you know, I mean, it, back in the twenties, there was, uh, you know, there was, a. um, a, a huge interest, you know, in, in the ukulele all over the world. And then, of course, again, in the 50s. And then now, especially with the Internet and bands like Train or like Eddie Vedder, like you mentioned, you know, um, I think when that song, Hey Soul Sister by Train, you know, hit the charts, I, I mean, I was like, I remember when, that's, when I first heard that song on the radio, I was driving, I was in Hawaii and I was, I was driving, you know, in my car and then that song came out and I heard the ukulele, you know, and I was like, and I was like, that's an ukulele. And so I, I, I immediately thought it was a local band in Hawaii, right? Because I heard the ukulele strumming. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, cool, a new song, you know, a new local band. And, and, then, the, and then I heard the, the, then the singer, you know, then the vocals came in and I was like, wow, who's this singer? I was like, oh, this guy is awesome, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, somebody from Hawaii, and I'm like, oh, this is great, These guys right? might go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the song kept going, and it starts just with the ukulele and the vocals and a little beat thing in the back, and then, and then all, all of a sudden the bass comes in and the keys and the guitar, electric guitars and all these other things start, these other elements, and by the end of the song, it's this full-on, you know, pop rock arrangement and it's like the coolest thing I, I ever heard you know on the ukulele and I'm just there like oh my gosh I'm like at the edge of my seat I had to pull over you know I'm in my car I had to pull over and I'm like who are these guys you know I'm turning up the radio and at the at the end of the song you know the DJ comes on he's like oh new song by uh, by the band Train and I thought Train I was like no way and I, I think at that moment I realized wow this this is this song is going to turn so many people onto this instrument. You know, people that have never, yeah, maybe they they've heard of the ukulele, but but now, you know, with a song like that, it was like the number one song in the country for I don't know how many you know months. But you know, with a song like that, now all of a sudden the ukulele is cool. You know, young kids want to pick it up. They want to play, sing "Hey Soul Sister." You know, they want to they want to sing these songs. And then then Eddie Vedder followed up with that with his you know Whole album ukulele, of, yeah. yeah. And it's like. For Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder fans, you know, when Eddie Vedder picks up the ukulele, that's, that's the, you know, the stamp of cool, you know, it's like, yeah, the ukulele is definitely going somewhere. So if you see that stuff as inspiring, you know, next generation and, and, and kids coming up now, tell me a little bit, we've got a very small uke fan right here in the front, um, tell me about, uh, you know, about your own first first adventures in the instrument, uh, when and why you first picked it up. And you know, you say it's not intimidating and people feel like they don't have to, you know, they don't have to practice that hard and all that, but you don't get where, you don't get to this, this kind of playing without a whole lot of practicing. So when it, you know, when you decided this was something to, to then take seriously and, and really go after. Hmm. Well, I, I just, I mean, I had no idea that I'd be doing what I'm doing today. You know, I mean, quite frankly, when I was, a kid growing up in Hawaii, there was no such thing as a touring solo ukulele player, right? So I, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I mean, I love playing and I, and I used to perform a lot in Hawaii. I used to play in little coffee shops or, you know, weddings or graduation parties for friends, things like that. I mean, that was it, you know? And um, I mean, I did some concerts, but, you know, I never thought that I'd ever leave Hawaii to perform. And it was just, um, and it wasn't until you know, six or seven years ago, when there was a little, when, uh, when there was a video clip of me covering a George Harrison song, you know, uh, appeared on a site called YouTube, and it went viral in, in a matter of weeks, and, uh, and that's what really started a touring career for me, you know, because prior to that, you know, I, I wasn't really touring, I wasn't touring, you know, and, and traveling and all of that, so it, uh, it introduced, I, after that point, you know, there was a lot of, there were a lot of bands, a lot of people in the music industry that saw this video. And, uh, and then immediately I started getting, uh, you know, uh, people started contacting my manager and trying to get me to come out and tour, you know, with, with their band or, or be their opening act. And I mean, you know, I remember when I first started out, I was, uh, I, I went on tour with Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. I was opening up for guys like John Hyatt. 
Um, you know, I got to do a couple of things with Cindy Lauper and Bette Midler. Uh, rec- a couple years ago, I recorded with Yo-Yo Ma and, you know, rec- uh, touring with bands like Jimmy Buffett. And I mean, this was, it was so overwhelming and it was just, I couldn't believe all of this was happening, you know, just from this little, you know, four minute video clip. And, um, and it's just, uh, I mean, it's been a dream come true. I mean, because this is my passion. I mean, if I weren't touring and traveling and doing all these shows, I would be back home playing in my house anyway. So, you know, I'm just, I just feel, uh, I feel so fortunate that I get to meet other musicians, um, see different parts of the world and just continue doing what, what I love, you know? And, and, and to me, you know, you ask, you ask about, uh, you mentioned practicing for me, it was never about practice. Like I, I never thought, like, I, I wouldn't come home from school and think, okay, I got to put in, like, three hours of practice on the ukulele. I would rush home from school so that I could just play my ukulele. You know, it was just, I just, I couldn't put it down. In fact, my parents would have to take it away from me so that I would eat dinner or do my homework or take a shower, you know, and things like that. So it was, uh, it was definitely something that I just, I just loved doing. I mean, it was, we were, we were just one person, you know. It's what my, my nine-year-old guitar-playing son needs to hear, right? <laughs> we keep telling him, you know, Paul McCartney took the guitar in the bathtub. Like, there was no, you know, <laughs> if you're really doing it, there's no separating from it. Exactly. You, uh, you mentioned the, well, My Guitar Gently Weeps uh, video that, that sort of started this, this crazy ride for you. And I want to ask about, ask about the covers and about choosing those songs, since a lot of, certainly it's a lot of people have been introduced to you, it's where a lot of the, the YouTube sensation has come from, from the Bohemian Rhapsody cover, from there, and the, from the Beatles cover, from, you know, from these songs. Um, what inspires those selections? Uh, some, I assume, is just the kind of show-off challenge of doing Bohemian Rhapsody to show you can do it. Uh, but what's, how, how do those choices get made since those really have been so pivotal to your, to your story? Well, there is, uh, you know, I, I tell people all the time that when you cover a song, when you cover the song of another artist, you know, it's, it's like wearing your favorite basketball player's jersey. You know, it's just simply a celebration of your love and admiration for an incredible athlete, you know, or human being. And so, and, and so, so, I mean, that's why I, the songs that I cover, you know, I, I'm like, you know, I'm a, a sincere fan, you know, of, of these musicians like Freddie Mercury, you know, the band Queen. I love George Harrison, you know, George Harrison played the ukulele too. Um, I loved the ukulele in his lighter years. That was all he really wanted to do. Yeah. He didn't go near a guitar, he just wanted to play <laughs> ukuleles. And, you know, so, I mean, I just, I, um, so I love associating myself with, with these songs, you know, and, and the other great thing about it is that because I'm an instrumentalist, sometimes when I'm playing a, an instrumental piece, it's hard for people to kind of grasp or, or to kind of really connect with what I'm, with what I'm doing, you know, because there's no reference. But when you're covering a tune like, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, everyone has such a strong reference of the tune. So when I'm playing, you know, the, you know, when I'm playing different parts, you know, the audience is there, you know, they're just a part of creating the music because in their minds, they're hearing the, the, the vocal line or the piano line, or they know when I'm trying to cover the electric guitar solo or, you know, all the different, uh, changes, you know, even though it's just on the ukulele. And so that's, to me, I, I love that because it becomes a collaboration. It becomes a collaborative effort now to create this experience, you know. And it's not just about me sitting up there and just doing my thing. But now, when the, when there's a, a reference that we can all that we all have together, now it's like okay, now we can all contribute and we can put in our own little experiences and our own little, you know, feelings into into the music, you know, because the, the song may touch may touch us in, in a different way, or it may be a special, you know, something that was very special, uh, a very special time in our lives. And, you know, and we bring that, we, we bring that to the, to the experience, you know, and then, so then it becomes, you know, not so much just a solo ukulele arrangement anymore. Now it's a collaborative effort, you know, with the entire room. And I have to ask, and you know, it's my own, it's my own interest asking, uh, but People first think maybe of the very, you know, the flash of the Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, high speed 
super turbocharged uke playing. Um, but a moment that's you know, really been a highlight of the shows and, and on the most recent record is your version of Hallelujah. Mm. Um, a very different kind of, you know, a very simple song, a, a much cleaner and sparer sort of arrangement. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what, is it, what does it tell you that with this, with this instrument and this treatment you can get as powerful a response to something that's as simple as that as to the you know, super blazing high-speed legs. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Leonard Cohen, he's another one of my favorites, and Hallelujah is just one of those incredible songs. And Alan knows this very well because he's writing a book on it, but um, about it. And, uh, you know, Hallelujah has always been a very special song uh, for me. It's, it's, there's something about it. I mean, I remember sometimes in my, you know, when I was, upset about something or maybe depressed about something. That was the one song that I could always turn to. And, um, and you know, and yeah, you're right. It's not a flashy piece, but there's probably, there's probably more emotion and intensity packed into, packed into this, the spaces in between the notes, you know, than any other fast song that I could, play or any other, you know, up-tempo tune. And it's such a gorgeous, you know, people always talk about the, the you know, how the, the lyrics, it's, it's just so poetic and, you know, but for me as an instrumentalist, I, I really appreciate the, the melody of the song, you know, and it's, it's, I remember when I was sitting down and I was trying to arrange this tune, you know, I remember hearing that, that line. just adding the harmony behind that. I mean, I could just play that over and over. You know, there's just something so, it's just so spiritual about that passage for me. You know, it's like the the harmony, the the melody, all the inner voicings. You know, just seem to. It's just so perfect. You know, and uh, and I think it's like uh, to me, it's kind of the the you, you know that song to me is like uh, kind of like the the Johann Sebastian Bach of ballads. You know, I mean, it's every note, every every it's just. It's just perfection. So those are the those are some of the solo showcase pieces. Uh, but you you spoke before about hearing the hearing the train song and hearing hearing uh, the ukulele in, in a rock band sort of a context. Uh, the last record certainly was mostly you working with a band, working with an, with mm -hmm. other, uh, other instruments. We were talking backstage, and the the next record you're soon to go in to make it seems like is going to be more just focused on you and your playing, more like the show. Yeah. Um, what's, you know, what's the difference, uh, particularly playing with an instrument with, as you said, the, the, the built-in limitations and mm. the, the palette that you have working with other instruments as opposed to working on your own? Yeah, you know, playing, playing with, with, a, um, with a rhythm section is always fun, you know, when you're collaborating with other musicians because you feed off of their energy, you, you, and they, they bring their own experience, their own interpretation of things, you know, their own energy, you know, to the performance or to the song. And, you know, and it really is, I mean, people say all the time that you, you've heard the, the phrase, you know, music is a universal language, right? But, you know, I, I remember always thinking to myself, I, I don't think that quite covers it, you know, because I think music is the language of the universe. You know, and it truly is the way that we, it's the language in, that, that, ex, that um, expresses pure human emotion. You know, and, and that's, the, that's the beauty about music is that if you look at every culture, every civilization, they've all had some form of music. And, and the reason for that is because we have, music is just 
is just expressing emotion. You know, in every culture, I mean, doesn't matter where you come from, we all feel the same things. You know, we all feel happy, we, we get sad, we get angry, right? And, but what makes us different is the way that we express these emotions. You know, like for me, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Asian, so I, I can speak from my own experience, but you know, Asians have a tendency to, you know, we could be smiling on the outside, but be very, angry on the inside, you know? So we could be, you could be leaving our home and we could be waving and smiling. Oh, thank you so much for coming. But inside we're like, don't ever come back here, you, right? So, you know, it's the way that we express these emotions that, that make us different. But the emotion itself, the feeling itself is exactly the same. And, and that's, so that's the cool thing, you know, with music, we're just expressing that, that emotion. So, you know, I, Totally lost. I forgot what the question was. <laughs> the question was playing with the, the question was playing with oh, others yeah, yeah. as opposed okay. to playing by yourself. That's yeah. right. So now you know. So now when you're playing with other musicians, you you're uh, you know you can you you're communicating feeling. You're you're communicating all this all this uh, this emotion and um, and you know and and someone else's emotions, you know, someone else's energy is very influential, you know, when you're creating art together. You know, when someone else comes into the picture and brings their thing, it's like, whoa, it makes me feel a certain way. And then I, I end up playing something or, or, uh, or um, you know, uh, creating something that I would never have come up with on my own, you know, and then that's, to me, that's, uh, that's how music should be. It shouldn't just be where we just get together and we all play our parts and that's it, you know. But it should be an, an interaction, you know. There should be a bit of spontaneity to what we're doing. So if, uh, if, I, if I hear the drummer do something that's like, oh, that's cool, you know, and then, you know, maybe he flips the beat around and I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. And then I jump on something else and then the bass player is like, oh, and then he goes somewhere and we're like, oh, yeah, this is great, you know. And it's that, and it's, it's a high. You know, I get a total rush from that, you know, when we're all just, we're all just, we don't know where we're going, but it's like, oh, you know, someone, it's kind of like when you're walking on the beach and you find like a, like a piece of string in the sand and like you pick up that end of string and you just start pulling it and pulling it. And then, you know, you're just kind of following the string. It's just kind of coming up in the sand and you're just following it and you don't know where it's going to go, but you're like, oh, it's so exciting, you know? And music a lot of times is like that. You know, you, you're kind of, you get into these moments where you're just like, playing and you're jamming and everyone's feeling good and you're like oh good and everyone's following each other everyone's listening and you feel like you're just one person one instrument and then all of a sudden it's just like it's this high you know you just at at there comes a point where you're not even thinking you, you you're not even you know it's just happening and that's and that's what the moment that i think we all live for when we're on stage so with all the surprising twists and turns and places that this thing has has taken you. What's the uh, what's the what's the strangest circumstance where you've found yourself playing? The strangest? Well, yeah. Oh, what's I... what 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 jumps into your mind as the uh, the the oddest place that this path has taken you? You know, <laughs> it's funny because like some of the some of the um, you know I, I guess the things that kind of jump out to me would would be would be very normal if I played, you know, like the guitar or if I were a, a, a pianist or something or, but, uh, but as an ukulele player, you know, you expect to see, to hear an ukulele being played in Hawaii or you expect to hear it in a coffee shop or in a small little, you know, um, in a small, small room or in like a, you know, cabaret kind of thing or something, you know, but, you know, but, um, in the last couple of years, you know, I've I've been able to, you know, I, I been able to perform for uh, Queen Elizabeth, you know, in Blackpool, England. I even got to shake her hand. That was the coolest thing. I mean, you know, to um, you know, to playing side by side right next to you know Yo-Yo Ma. I mean, we're sitting like this, you know, and he has his cello, and we're recording a song for his album, you know, or or doing the. Uh, you know, the playing the national anthem at like you know at the uh, at Madison Square Garden. You know, I mean that was uh, that was very very cool. I mean, to me, if I were in the audience and I saw like some 
some guy walking out with an ukulele, you know, right before the New York Knicks game. I'd be like, what is this guy doing, you know? And, uh, but it's, it's amazing, you know, people have, uh, people have really been responding to this instrument and, and I think uh, more and more people are, are discovering how magical and, and how uh, just how musical this instrument is. Is it hard to translate the, the scale of the instrument into those big settings, I mean, into arena settings, into that? Do you have to do something different with the playing to reach that far out? Yeah, when you, when, you know, the ukulele has a very, it's known to have a very small sound, right? But like, but like any other instrument, you know, we take advantage of technology, you know, plugging into an amplifier, using a, a huge sound system, using preamps to really, um, to really uh, amplify, you know, what, what we're doing, you know, but then in, in that, but then, you know, the instrument becomes, a, it becomes something completely different, you know, it's like taking the acoustic guitar and the electric guitar, you know, uh, the, um, you have to approach, approach it in a different way, you know, like the way that you strum an acoustic ukulele, you know, when it's not plugged into an amplifier, um, you know, the way that you strum it is, is you know, you can pretty much do anything you want with it, right? But when you're plugged into an, an amplifier, then everything you do becomes super, like, apparent, you know? And you hear all these little subtle things like your nail touching the string and, you know, all this extra noise. So then, so then you really have to learn how to, well, I had to relearn how to play my instrument once I started, you know, playing through an amplifier again. And, um, and it's... Uh, but it's great because you develop like a, almost like a finesse, you know, with your, with, with every stroke, every time you pick a note, you know, you know, the simplest thing, just like a, like a major scale, you know, the simplest thing, you learn how to make that sing, you learn how to make that sound pretty, you know, and, and to me that's, um, I mean, that's, Music doesn't have to be, it doesn't always have to be flashy. It doesn't always have to be fast. I mean, for me, you know, like now I, I see music as the, the, the magic of, of, of a song really happens in between the notes that are played now. You know, it's in the spaces. It's not so much in the sound that you're making, but it's in the patience and the maturity that you have to leave the silence, you know, or to, to influence the silence, you know, is um, that, that to me is the, that's, that's the next step, you know, that's where, that's what I've been trying to focus on a lot more. So in thinking about that range and, and you said what the quality of the sound is, tell me how that has affected your, as a writer, um, especially in writing for other instruments when you're working with, you know, when, when this is what you're basing it on and then trying to figure out how that's going to work as you, as you expand into a band. Um, what have you learned along the way in, you know, from the songwriting side? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I, I get a lot of my ideas from watching other, other uh, musicians play their instrument, you know, whether it's the, the piano or the you know, guitar or the violin or just even a singer or a percussionist. Um, I, that, that's where I get a lot of my ideas from, you know, so like watching like a, watching a, a marching band, you know, watching the drum line, you know, and just coming up with things like... You know, or... Um, it's not, well, the, not, it's not the obvious ukulele sound. <laughs> uh, there's a, you know, I remember writing a song because after sitting at the piano, I remember, you know, just putting my, my foot on the sustain pedal of the piano and then just just playing a bunch of keys and everything just would ring together and it just sounded so beautiful and I was like I don't even know what I'm doing but it just sounds so nice you know when you hold down this sustain pedal and I remember thinking why how can I create that sound on the ukulele you know and then I remember writing this song called piano forte which took that idea so what I did was I played every note on a different string so that the, the notes could ring over each other and it sounded, I'll play a little, it sounds something like this.
So that's like a piano sound, or taking something like a um, like the koto, the Japanese koto, which is a 13-stringed instrument. You know, it sits on the floor. You play it with these finger picks, and taking that attack, you know, and applying it to the ukulele. So when you you get that. A, it brings it oh thank you very much thank you but it completely you know transforms the instrument now because you know I, I when I when I used to um, talk to kids about music and do workshops I would always tell them you know don't get so caught up in your instrument you know because the instrument is just an illusion that's what I would tell you. I tell you, you know, the instrument is just an illusion. You know, all of the notes that you play and all of the sound that you create and the emotion needs to be created before it even gets to the instrument. You know, when I'm gonna play, when I play that chord, I'm not playing the chord with my hands and, you know, and putting my fingers in the right place. I mean, to some degree, I, yeah, that's correct. But the the emotion behind it, the, um, the actual, you know, what the, the artistry, or the, the spirit behind those, that sound has to start before I even get to the end. I need to create it here, you know. Bruce Lee was, a, was one of my, was a huge, was one of my heroes. I mean, he was a huge inspiration for me, you know, because it was like, you know, before he would even hit his target, it was like, before he would strike his target, you know, that, like he was, he was making contact with his target before his fist made contact with, with the target. You know, I mean, it was like that, that energy was created inside of him first before, I mean, even, and it hits before the physical, you know, before his physical body makes contact. And I, and I think that was very inspiring for me because I realized that, you know, when I'm playing the ukulele, it's not just about my hands making contact with the strings, but it's about like how my toes curl up in my shoes as I feel the energy come up my, my toes and feet and ankles and knees all the way up my hip, you know, to the top of my back, down my shoulders, all the way down my hands. And, you know, and when I make contact with the strings, like that direction, that, you know, that force, all of that, I mean, it's not, just not my, my physical arm doing it, but it's my whole body, it's mentally, all of my thoughts, everything is just in that direction. My, my spirit, my soul, you know, everything is just committing to that, to that expression, you know? And, uh, and I think that's where the conviction really comes from, you know, if you're covering like a jazz piece or a flamenco piece or a classical song or a rock tune, you know, that conviction behind the notes is so important. Otherwise, you're just, you know, you may be Reading playing the, the right chords right. and right notes, but, you know, that's, that's about where's it. Where does it come from? So they gave me the high sign over there. I guess we're going to we'll bring lights up and go to questions from you guys. He told you the ground rules before and the mic's over there. So let's see over here. Yes, sir. Wait. Wait for, the, wait for that microphone. Uh, Jake, um, first of all, I'd like to say you're great. Oh, no, thank you. It's incredible, incredible. Thank, thank you, you very, very much, much for sharing all your magic thank you. with us. Um, what is music? How can you describe music? What is music for you? Oh. <laughs> Not um, a small question. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, again, it's, it's like um, music to me is the vehicle that I use to express myself as honest and as sincerely as I possibly can. Beautiful. You know, it's, that's, that, that's all it is for me. When Beautiful. I get up, thank, Beautiful. Thank, Beautiful. Thank, thank you. Thank you, thank you very, you very much. much. Thank you. Questions? Looking for you guys right up here. He's got the device. Uh, since I brought my two-year-old, who's, <laughs> yeah. who's been carrying this thing around since I he was know, one. I saw his ukulele. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might be out of tune. Please don't judge me. Um, uh, uh, when did you start playing, and did you ever take lessons? Okay. 
I started playing when I was about four years old, and I got into it because my mom played, and you know, but she had she had one of those expen you know well back then it was kind of thought of as an expensive ukulele, but um, she had a Kamaka ukulele, and and I remember she would always play for me, and I and and I would always ask her, oh you know I wanna I wanna play it. I would always try to take it from her, but she but she would always refuse. She was like, no no no, you're too young, you're too young. But finally, when I was about four years old. I remember that day clearly where she sat me down and she took the ukulele down from the shelf and placed it in my hands. And it was like, it was just such a moment, you know, it was like that, uh, uh, you know, when, like when King Arthur like pulled Excalibur out of the stone. I mean, it was like one of those moments for me. It was placed in my hands and I was just like, oh, you know, this is amazing. And, and I remember just treating that, that ukulele like it was a, like a newborn baby. You know, I mean, it was... I, I held it and I, you know, just, I was so careful with it. I, my, my hands were just so delicate and I, I um, would, you know, she would show me where to put my fingers and I would just play, just strum the strings really softly and, and I would just do that over and over. And, I, and I, I don't know what it was about it, but I just connected, you know, with the instrument. And then, so then she went on and, and started teaching me, you know, and she taught me, um, my mom played a lot of traditional Hawaiian music, which, you know, sounds something like, you know, and I would play that over and over and over, just those three simple chords, and I loved it. I mean, I didn't feel like I needed to do more than that. I mean, just playing those three simple chords gives me just as much enjoyment as playing Bohemian Rhapsody or, you know, or Hallelujah or While My Guitar Gently Weeps. I mean, it's... And, and then, so, so then, uh, you know, so she was my first teacher, really. And then, then when I was about six or seven years old, I, I started taking lessons, you know, around town. And there was this one, uh, one school in Hawaii called the Roy Sukumu Ukulele School that, you know, I mean, all the kids that want to learn ukulele kind of go there, you know, and, and it's, uh, he has like hundreds and hundreds of students. And, um, I mean, he's in, and I mean, his school is really like an icon, you know, in Hawaii. And so my, my parents sent me there, and then I, I learned a little bit more. And then, uh, yeah, and then there came a point where I wanted to just take it further, you know. And so I stopped taking ukulele lessons, and, um, and then I started to... Uh, I started to seek other, you know, other instructors, and not just ukulele teachers, but guitar teachers. I started studying with like uh, uh, horn players, and you know, uh, even dancers, singers, pianists, drummers, uh, you name it. Because I, because I realized at that point that I, I'm learning music. I'm not just learning the ukulele. So at that point, I can learn from any musician out there. And then there, and then. That, that was the first step. Then the next step was realizing that I'm not just learning music, but I'm learning life, you know? And then that's when I realized that I didn't have to just learn from musicians now, but I could learn from, from anyone and, and everyone. And that's when people like Bruce Lee became a huge influence because I realized I can learn a lot from him, from his philosophy, how he approaches martial arts. I started learning from people like Bill Cosby, watching how he, you know, from stage and how he connects with his audience, how he communicates and expresses who he is, you know? And then, I, and then watching athletes, people like Michael Jordan, you know, I remember the, 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 the coolest thing was you know, I would watch Michael Jordan play, and I remember those games when he, when he was in the zone, and just everything he threw up would just go in. I mean, it was just amazing, right? And and then uh, and then, so I, I always thought, oh, when I'm when I'm playing music, you know, when I'm up there jamming, I want to be in the zone. You know, I always thought. So I always thought being in the zone meant to just block everything out. You know, block everything out and just focus on just me and the ukulele and just you know doing my thing, nah, you know, and just playing. But then. Studying Michael Jordan, I realized that, no, when he's in the zone, he's not blocking everything out, but he's taking everything in. When he's in the zone, he knows exactly how much time's left on the shot clock. He knows exactly where every single one of his opponents and teammates are. He knows the score. I mean, he knows, I mean, he's just become so aware of everything around him. And then, and then I realized that's being in the zone. You know, so when I, as a musician, as a performer, or as an artist, when you're in the zone, it's not just about doing what you do, but it's about letting everything in and allowing everything to be a part of what you're doing and what you're creating. 
was it, to, just to follow up that, was it a big leap for you to get, to get outside of thinking of the instrument in terms of Hawaiian music mm. and to say, I can start to do all of these other things with it? Yeah, I, I just, I, for me, I, I, Bruce Lee helped me with that again, you know, because, you know, he was, uh, you know, he, his, his whole philosophy toward martial arts was, you know, because there's all these different styles of martial arts, right? You have like karate, judo, you know, Wing Chun, Aikido, yeah, I mean, things like from boxing to, I mean, he didn't believe in having any styles. I mean, he embraced everything, you know, he believed that, that uh, you know, you have to just embrace it all. And I realized that with music, it's kind of like that. All the different genres of music are like the different styles of martial arts. Like we have rock and roll and blues and classical and jazz and funk and all this other stuff, right? So I realized that it's all just music. And so you know, whether I'm playing just a traditional Hawaiian piece, looking at those chords and the rhythm and all of that, I, I realized that that could easily just be a jazz piece or a classical piece or you know it just depends on on how I choose to play it I mean a d7 chord is heard in Hawaiian music all the time it's heard in jazz it's heard in blues it's heard in I mean you know every style of music that you can think of you know so it's not it's so I realize that it's just it's just music and then it, it just becomes the, the the feeling that you want to put behind it I mean some things sound more Hawaiian because you know, that's in, for the player, you know, that's, that's what they're playing, that's what they're trying to express, you know, and, and it's apparent, like, when you, when you see, like, a, when you see, like, a classical, I, and I don't want to speak for all class, but just gener in, in general, you know, sometimes someone who's played classical music their entire life, when they try to play, when they try to cover a Jimi Hendrix tune, sometimes it just doesn't translate, you know, because they're playing all the right notes, they're playing, you know, the right rhythms and all that, but there's just something that's not, doesn't feel right, you know, or, or when you got this, um, or, or when you got someone who doesn't usually play the blues, but, you know, will get up there and tr try to play the blues, and it's like, okay, it's the right chords, it's the right notes, you know, but just something's not, not feeling right, you know, so, uh, you know, but then you get Muddy Waters up there, he just, before he even opens his mouth, he plays one note, and it's like, oh, man, that's the blues, it's so bluesy, how does he do that, you know, because it's, a, again, it's about, you're creating, you're creating that, that, uh, that note or that emotion or that chord or whatever it is, you're creating it before it even gets to the instrument, you know? This is going to be the questions. second to last question. And then up here. Yeah. Hey, just wondering, are there any artists that you're dying to collaborate with? Oh, man, there's just, there's just so many great musicians out there. I mean, every night I spend like a couple hours on YouTube, you know, and I'm discovering all these cool musicians and um and it's inspiring you know because for me when you know of course like for a lot of us when we were kids you know we didn't have things like youtube i mean if i wanted to learn a song i would have to sit there with a the cassette tape or the record player and you know you'd have to go back and then listen or stop rewind stop rewind you know play stop rewind go back and listen listen and you try to figure it out i mean you know, I was a big fan of Carlos Montoya, you know, one of the greatest flamenco guitar players. And the whole time, when I was a kid, listening to his, his records, I didn't know that was just one guy. <laughs> you know, because I'm hearing percussion, I'm hearing like, I thought I heard three guitar players. You know, so in my mind, I'm thinking Carlos Montoya is this, you know, guitar ensemble, right? With a percussion of that. And then, and then I... Then someone told me, no, that's just one person. And it completely changed the way that I would listen to those albums. You know, because then once I realized it was one person, then when I would go back and listen, I'd be like, how's he doing that? But then, but then, you know, once I forced myself to believe that, no, that's one person, then I was like, okay, I, I think I know what he's doing. So maybe he's you know, using his fingers to do this, and then he's using his thumb to, you know, play the arpeggio and tremoloing on this, you know, so it was, it just, um, it's, it's, uh, so I think YouTube is, is great, and that's why we're seeing uh, so many young virtuosic performers now, because these young kids, you know, they can, any musician that, that, they, that they admire, they can just go on YouTube, find, the, find their video, and they can go back and watch, you know, every note, every little thing that the person is doing. And I, I think it's a fantastic learning tool, you know, for, 
for uh, for young kids. And so for me, um, collaborating with, you know, um, I mean, Yo-Yo Ma was one of my dream collaborations, of course. Um, you know, Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. I love guys like Edgar Meyer, you know, Chris Thiele. Um, I would love to do something with Bob Dylan one day, you know, because I just think he's the, he's the coolest. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's, I mean, there's just so many people. I mean, I would love to collaborate with anyone that I haven't collaborated with yet because there's just so much that you can learn from, from everyone, you know, and it's, and it's not just learning, but it's about just gaining that experience, you know, you play with someone new and it doesn't matter what level of a musician they're at, you know, if you have a good time and if they're open and, you know, they have an open heart when they come to, to play with you and you both are open to each other and there's no egos, none of that, then, then it's, it beca it's a magical experience and something that you never forget. Sweet. Yeah. We had one last oh, right here. You're a master. <laughs> I was watching you and it's funny because you have like um, roadblocks in times and you need to see someone be really, really amazing to remember that you can get there and that you have a... Have you ever run into a roadblock where you felt like you couldn't go further as an artist and then, you know, you clearly overcome whatever roadblock you could ever gone through, but have you ever had that moment where you felt like, how can I get there? Mm. All, all, all the time. I mean, there, there's, you know, that's when I feel most frustrated is like when you feel like you're at this plateau and you're just like, you know, like what's that next thing that's gonna get me over this hump or that's gonna, you know, and, and sometimes it's as simple as like a, a new chord voicing on your instrument. And you're like, oh, that sounds cool. Like, okay, and then you know that, that, that becomes another three or four songs right down the road or, um, or it's a new technique or just discovering a new artist or meeting a new person, you know, or just feeling something different. I mean, you know, like, yeah, I mean, you, you all know the, the story, like, you know, uh, some guitar player falls in love, you know, he has a new girlfriend, he writes 30 songs, right? Then they break up and then he writes 60 songs, right? So it's, it's like sometimes it's just, it's just, you never know where that inspiration is going to come from, you know? And, and I realized that a lot of times just sitting with your instrument at home is not always the best way to get inspired or to get that new or to over, overcome that next uh, obstacle. You know, sometimes it's just getting out. Sometimes it's stepping away from your instrument for a little while, which is something I never realized until recently, you know, because I was always with my instrument. But then once I realized that sometimes stepping away from your instrument, you know, for, for a few days and then coming back to it and then you feel fresh, you know, sometimes that's a, that's a good thing, you know, sometimes it's a really good thing because, I mean, we, we are all creatures of habit, you know, and, and sometimes when we're so familiar with something, yeah, we, we, we're with it every day, we pick it up every day, you know, our, our muscles, you know, just wanna, our fingers wanna do the same thing and we gravitate toward the same sounds and all of that, you know, but, but then when you step away from it for a little while and you come back and then, you know, your, your fingers have to kind of get back into the swing of things, then it's like they kind of reach for, for new things, you know, and they kind of go in different directions and, and then, you, then you're like, oh, hey, that's kind of cool, I never, approached it that way before. And, uh, and I think, um, you know, that that's, that's important is sometimes stepping away from it. Um, just having a brand new experience, you know, doing something that you never did before, you know, just going out and doing something and getting excited o over something, you know, that, I mean, that's, that is, uh, that's, that's huge, you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, um, but, but again, you know, it doesn't always have to, you know, it doesn't always have to come from just sitting with your instrument and, and uh, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I, I, it's, it's a funny thing, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's no real answer for it and everybody has their own method and their own ways, you know, to, to get where they need to, to, to get. And, um, but, you know, those are some things that work, work for me, you know, uh, and hopefully, you know, it, it helps in some way, you know, yeah. But yeah, but all the time, I mean, I go through that where I just feel like I'm just at a, at a roadblock, you know, or just at a plateau and it's like so frustrating, you know, and, and then, but then 
And then, but the thing that I found is the longer you're, you're at the, the longer you stay in that plateau and you're frustrated and you keep trying to pursue and push forward, when you finally overcome it, oh man, it's like the greatest feeling in the world, you know? Yeah. So, Jake, thanks. Oh, thank We're, you. Uh, and thank you, all of you guys. Uh, you've been a tremendous opening act this evening, but now comes the, uh, now comes the fun part of the show. I'm going to get off of here and, uh, He's going to play you some songs. So thanks for listening to the, the talking part, and please enjoy the music part. Alan, thank you so much. <laughs>